This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Mapper Forward's first on-demand workshop, How to Become a Coffee Consultant, available now online for you to learn at your own pace with a certificate available upon completion. Click the link in the show notes to access today for just 50 euros. Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Map It Forward, friends. I'm your host, Lee Safar, and sadly, this is the last episode of a five-part series with Aaron Atkinson. Aaron, this has been a joy. I have to tell you, I've really, really enjoyed this series so far. And today, we're going to talk about something that I'm deeply passionate about, which is culture in the workplace. Now, this would sort of be a hot-button topic because of the nature of uh, how coffee culture is developing, how workplace culture is developing. And some might think that this would be a challenging discussion to have or a hard discussion to have. And I just want to remind people that when you're creating a culture in a workplace, it if you're going to create a culture that's worth having, what you're saying to people is this is a safe place. And part of having a safe place means that challenging conversations need to be safe to have. And uh, this podcast never shies away from having challenging conversations. Um, And so we're going to dive into another one of them right now because, Aaron, over the past, let's let's say the pandemic era, but really the five years before that as well, Culture in the workplace has been really shifting in uh, what employees require from their leadership teams and what is now negotiable of what leadership teams can expect from their employees. Talk to us about that and how that's impacted culture. Yeah, um, so I think... Just from from my perspective, I think it, it helps kind of talking about what what culture is and what coffee yeah. culture nice. is. Um, so I think from from the general manager perspective, we're looking at the culture of the team, um, the culture you know that's created by the company, mm-hmm. um, and and what is it you know what is it about that culture that keeps people engaged and and wanting to be a part of it. Um, whether it's that, you know, we, our values align or, um, we're kind of driven by the same things, or, um, I think there's a lot of different aspects of the culture. Mm-hmm. I think for me, kind of in, in the role that I'm at, it's important to look at, um, the individuals and kind of what their strengths are and, and what their kind of personality is and, and how they can fit into a culture, um, you know, I think it's really important to allow someone to be their authentic self um, within that culture. I think if you don't have an environment where where people don't feel comfortable to be their authentic self, um, then you're always going to have kind of misaligned cultures, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's a super important part of, of making sure that you're creating that environment, um, like I said, where people can be their authentic self um, and and, you know, have everyone moving towards the same goals in that that culture. Can I push back on that a little bit, like just mm-hmm. to, to to start to understand that? Oftentimes, I remember when I was uh, consulting in San Diego, when I was living there in California, you would have staff push back 
wanting to be their authentic self on things like, I want to wear whatever I want to wear. I don't want to wear what the employer wants me to Mm. wear. And this was a way of them, their response to that was when I would say to them, okay, that's an interesting perspective. Tell me why you've chosen to work here if you're not prepared to to wear uh, what Mm -hmm. they want you to wear. And it wasn't Mm -hmm. a uniform. It was simply like, you know, for food safety reasons, don't wear anything that, you know, makes you, leaves you overexposed. You don't wear open toe shoes, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And the response would often come back because I want to express my authentic self. Mm. How would you handle something like that as a general manager? That's a great question. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's there's certain things that um, unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, there's certain things that fortunately um, systems have been put in place mm-hmm. to keep people safe in the working environment. Um, I think above all, um, above even the types of clothes that you're wearing is that people need to be able to go back home at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. They need to be working in a safe environment. So in in that particular instance, um, and I don't know if this is too specific, but it comes down to really like, we want to make sure that we're creating a safe environment for mm-hmm. everyone. Um, and ultimately those, um, requirements are put in place to keep that safe environment. Um, so for instance, like the open toed shoes, um, there's a reason why there's a closed toed shoes thing. We're dealing with hot liquids. We're dealing with, um, the food service industry there. There's a lot of things that spill. Um, so while guess they're, you know, maybe wanting to ex- express their authentic self through that way, um, Ultimately, I think we need to be able to have an environment and an understanding um, amongst everyone that safety um, is super important. And that's why we kind of have these requirements and standards, because we want everyone to be able to go home at the end of the day the same way that they came in. Um, So that may be one, you know, super hyper specific example of of that. Um, Did that? Yeah, no, 100 percent, because what I'm hearing from you is that a foundational element of the workplace culture that you're setting is safety. Mm-hmm. And and there that's not the case in everywhere that you go. A lot of places are just trying to cut corners mm. and just survive on a day-to-day basis. Whereas what you're saying is we're being very intentional about creating a workplace that is safe and then we build the next layer of the culture from there. Is that would you say that that's right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, in college, I worked in um, a lumber yard mm-hmm. on the, and during the summers. Um, and so you're around like heavy machinery, heavy equipment. Mm-hmm. And it was the foundation of a business like that is you have to be able to operate in a safe space. You have to be able to, to be, you know, wearing the personal protective equipment. Um, you can't do your job until you've met that foundation level mm-hmm. of safety requirements. Um, and I think having that experience, um, you know, translates a lot into the company. We're dealing with, like I said, hot liquids and and machinery. And um, so making and sure that everyone and yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're making sure that that foundational safety is being met first and then kind of yeah, building on that. And, and why I mentioned people there is because there has been a lot of consulting um, experiences that I've been brought into where 
the way that the public has uh, been communicating with the staff behind the bar has led Mm. to policies needing to be put into place that keep the staff safe. So Mm -hmm. staff safety isn't just about physical safety, folks. We're also talking about uh, when staff feel that they are intimidated, whether it's sexually intimidated or personally uh, and emotionally intimidated, intellectually intimidated by specific customers because they just think it's fun to do that to the local barista. That really does impact the culture of a cafe. If the the customer Mm -hmm. culture is one specific thing, the bar behind the bar culture needs to also be able to handle that and and empower the staff. Aaron, how do you guys layer that part of the culture? Yeah, so that is a huge part of what, obviously we're dealing with a lot of customers every day. Um, Some customers may just, wake up on the wrong side of the bed right. and, and and their actions will reflect that. Um, I think when you said, you know, empowering the employees mm-hmm. at that level um, is super important. They have to know that all the way through the top of the company, um, that if they're in a situation where they feel uncomfortable or, um, you know, obviously if they're being harassed, um, they know that the company is will do everything that they can um, to make sure that, you know, that, that employee is, is working in a safe environment when it comes to Mm -hmm. that type of thing. Um, so yeah, I think employee empowerment and just communicating that, um, from day one, that, you know, these types of things are not, are not tolerated in the cafe. Um, I think there's just because of the nature of, um, the customer service environment, Sometimes it, you know, the customers do feel like, you know, they're, they can say anything they want and act any way that they want. Um, But at the end of the day, like they're stepping into our space. um, Mm. And I always have this, this saying where it's, you know, we're not customer service isn't um, serving, you know, there's a serving the customer aspect of it, but we're not like at their service, <laughs> you know, there we're is a, a very, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there is a mutual level of respect and, and we are providing a service for the customer. Um, tell, yeah. tell me when, when I'm working with a client to understand how they approach culture, I asked them a specific question. I asked them a series of questions, but this is one and I'd love to ask you. Is the customer always right? I think the customer likes to think they're always right. Um, yes, but unfortunately there is just, there is, that's not the case. Um, I'll just say it. <laughs> that yeah. that isn't the case. Um, we're, you know, people who work in cafes, um, I like to, think of us, we're coffee professionals. Mm-hmm. Like we're getting paid to do this job. We know about this job. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there needs to be that level of trust um, from the customer that, you know, we do know what we're doing. <laughs> so you you kind of yeah. got to let us, let us do what, you know, we're getting paid to do. And, and um, yeah, the, the customer to answer your question, um, I don't think there's always right i think there's the conversations that can be had if you know someone has a very strong opinion on something 
Um, you know, I've had multiple conversations with customers about like, well, you know, why do you do it this way? I get it at this other place all the time, you know. Um, why can't you just offer soy milk or 2% milk? You know, these are things that the customer may feel entitled to. Um, but there's a whole, you know, array of um context that isn't necessarily um just put out there. Obviously, like at, at Blend In Coffee Club, we offer um almond milk, oat milk, and whole milk. Mm-hmm. And that's it. We don't have half and half behind the bar to steam. Um, you know, there we have a, a, a small selection Are of people still ordering brevets. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, um yes. So it, occasionally we get the request. But um, you know, and then that are that there's a lot of questions get that get raised. Well, why don't you do soy milk or why don't you do? So mm-hmm. there's conversations that do have to be had and and you know, maybe some context given to why we only why we don't offer non-fat milk, for example. Mm-hmm. Um so to answer your question, yeah, there's there's a lot of different factors that we have to consider um, instead of just going directly to the customer is always right. Um, I think the customer would love that if they were just right about everything all the time, but then there would be no no learning and growth on their part. And then right. they may take it one step further next time. And, and you know, it, it kind of being able to, to have those conversations, um, I think is important to those types of interactions. And the... The, the nature and culture of our industry has changed and the culture at large has changed. And so, um, you know, gone are the days. When I started in the industry, it was widely accepted across hospita- food and beverage, food service, as well as retail, the customer is always right. And mm-hmm. now it is widely accepted in professional establishments. Uh, that might not be the case anymore. Mm-hmm. And the the employees prioritized over the customer, which I think is, it, you know, having black and white on anything like that is rather extreme. But uh, mm-hmm. we definitely have a shift in culture that's happening that's meeting the needs of the workplace culture. So it's really interesting to observe um, and I'm sure very interesting for you as a manager. <laughs> yeah. And I think it, it does go back to some of the conversation we were having about making sure that employees um, feel empowered to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our employees, our, they're very, um, they're very good at, at what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very confident in their skills. Um, and we make sure that um, we're giving them the tools so that they can have those types of conversations. If it's something that's appropriate, um, obviously they're not, not going to, whip out a dissertation of why we don't offer <laughs> non-fat milk. Um, but we'll talk about things like, you know, whole milk for us is it's a quality thing. Like we, yeah. we really like to offer, um, we use a, a local, um, local to Texas dairy farm that, that offers um, cream on top, non-homogenized whole milk. It's great. Wow. Um, and so we, it allows us to have those conversations of, you know, we were really trying to offer a really good product with our milk. We would love for you to experience dairy um, in this way. If you're, you know, I know you're used to drinking nonfat, but maybe, maybe this is something that could open your mind to, Hey, milk tastes amazing on its own. It has a level of sweetness. So there's those types of conversations that can happen whenever you, when you encounter those. Aaron, it's been a joy. Having you on the podcast for the first time has been an absolute joy. I hope you'll come back. Um, 
and keep us appraised of how you're growing the business and uh, because you had there's so many exciting things ahead for Blendon and I'm really proud of the way that you have forged your career Um, so let's keep everybody up to date with how things are going with you absolutely thank you so much for having me it's been an honor um the the daily coffee pro podcast is amazing um I I really enjoy watching and so I'm super honored that you would have me on here um but thank you again. I, I think everyone kind of keep an eye out for Blendon Coffee Club. There's a lot of exciting things that are coming up. Um, where can we find of, you online? Like so where, at, where can we find Blendon and you? Yeah. So um, BlendonCoffeeClub.com is our website. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find inf- information about the classes we offer, uh, the roasting, uh, all the coffee beans are, are on sale through our website. Um and then on Instagram, it's at Blendin Coffee Club. Um, we actually have two locations now. So we have uh, one kind of uh, in Houston, in Houston proper. And then the original location is out uh, in Sugarland, Texas. It's kind of a suburb of Houston. Um, but yeah, Did we you have Sugarland. Sugarland. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite thing that you've said in this whole <laughs> The fact that you have a cafe, there's a cafe in Sugarland in Houston, Texas, is the best thing I've heard all year. Thank you. You've made my day. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we actually, there's a a local, there was a local um, Imperial Sugar. It's still around, um, but that's kind of where they were headquartered. Excellent. Um, Yeah. Um, So yeah, find us on on social media, follow us. We're, We're very active and engaged with that. Um, and then my, my personal is at the coffee guy on Instagram. Um, I love chatting with people about, about coffee. So I I get a lot of DMS and so feel free to reach out. Um, Nice. thank you again for having me. You're so welcome. And there will be links in the show notes, folks. So make sure that you head to the show notes and check it out. So Aaron, would you do me the distinct honor of signing off this episode for us? Yes, absolutely. Um, thank you guys for watching. Thank you, Lee, for having me, uh, peace, love and peanut butter. Have an amazing rest of your day, everyone. Bye. Thanks for tuning in, friends. There are two ways you can support this podcast. Firstly, become a paid member of our YouTube channel. Secondly, you can join our Patreon for as little as $3 a month. Both have options for exclusive ad-free content and early release content. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. The Daily Coffee Pro is produced by Map It Forward and the music you're listening to is called Run 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 off of my album Laundry After Midnight. To get older episodes of this podcast, as well as more information on Map It Forward, head to mapitforward.coffee. You can find links and more information in the show notes below.